What is up? This is Take It or Leave It. So excited to be back. I was itching all week, the beginning of the league year in the NFL. So excited to have you here for episode 11. There is so much to go over in honor of the start of the league year in the NFL. We're really going to talk a lot of NFL today. We're going to we're going to chill in the NFL today. Um, we will talk about a little bit of this, a little bit of that later on. We do have Rapid Randos coming up, but I, I can tell you right off the bat, until Rapid Randos, it's nothing but NFL, baby. This is the NFL episode. If you don't like the NFL, bye. You don't, you're not going to want to listen. I'm just kidding. Please stay. Please listen. But no, seriously, it, it, we're talking pretty much all NFL today. There is so much to talk about. We're going to dive right in. And, and really, what we're going to dive into today is we're, we're going to do a little bit different setup. I know we're usually pretty organized with our segments and our topics today. We're, we're, we're kind of going to jumble everything that happened together. We're just going to do, and there's so much to talk about. I don't want to, I don't want to drone on and on and on about certain topics. So I'm just going to talk about everything in one little topic. We're going to talk about each transaction that took place this week. Not all of them, but but kind of the, the standouts. And we're going to do a little winners and losers. My, my, my take on who won each transaction, who lost. Did everybody win? Did everybody lose? Did one win? Did one lose? Did one party win? One party lose? Did a player win? Did a team lose? You get the point. So here we go. We're going to start off with the big one. Okay, the one we were all following forever. Antonio Brown, the self-proclaimed free agent. Obviously, he wasn't. He had to be traded, but he said, I'm out. I know I'm under contract. I'm out. And so they said, you're right. You're out. (laughs) So what did the fantastic culture that is the Steelers organization what did this historically rich organization that is the Steelers get for Mr. Antonio Brown one of the most productive players one of the most productive receivers in NFL history arguably one of the best receivers in NFL history and in the past six years the most productive receiver period there's no the stats prove he is the most productive receiver over a six-year period in NFL history. What did the Steelers get for him? I'll tell you what they got for him. They got bamboozled by John Gruden, who looked like a mess last last year, and all of a sudden looks like an absolute genius worthy of every year that he was given in that 10-year, and every cent that he was given in that 10-year contract last year by the Raiders. John Gruden gave up a third rounder and a fifth rounder in 2019. So this year he gave up two draft picks, a third and a fifth. That's what the Steelers got. The Raiders got Antonio freaking Brown. He's 30. It's getting older receivers, especially of his stature. You know, he may start to may start to erode here over the next few years, but I'm going to guess he's going to have two to three more elite top quality seasons before that happens. And I think the Steelers got hoodwinked. Now, I know they just wanted to get rid of him and get what they could for him. And being kind of a distraction like he is, 
they probably couldn't get too much. There was a few teams in play, but they probably couldn't have their pick of the litter, if you will. But a third and a fifth, man? Really? I mean, look at what was given up for Amari Cooper. He got a fir- he was worth a first round pick. They get they got a first round pick for Amari Cooper. And yet Antonio Brown gets a third and a fifth. Unbelievable. Who won this trade? I won. Well, I can tell you this. It's not the Steelers. The Steelers lost this trade. Now they may win in a way of they parted ways with someone who was causing a distraction in their organization. But as far as talent for talent, this for that, they got hoodwinked. I mean, they absolutely got nothing. Now, the third and the fifth could turn into some, especially in today's NFL where half the league is undrafted or later round pick. They could get something for those picks, of course. But are you going to get Antonio Brown for either of those picks? Probs not, dude. So... Yeah, don't love that. Now, on top of that, who won this trade? Well, I'll tell you this. Antonio Brown won this trade because he got his contract restructured. He's now the highest paid wide receiver in the league. And the Raiders also won this trade because they just gave Derek Carr, who I've seen people tearing up a lot, like as far as the Raiders should split from him because he's not very good. The kid can sling it. He has not had very good offenses around him. And for the most part, his only weapon was, was, uh, I'm sorry, Amari Cooper. And look what happened a couple years back. He was in the Pro Bowl when he had Amari Cooper in a great offensive line and a great running game. Now you give him no running game, an eroding offensive line, which turns into him getting hit more and then lack of production for Amari Cooper because he can't get the ball out. Of course he's not going to look that great. Come on. He's got he's to have some help. Well, now he does. The Raiders got Antonio Brown. They also picked up Tyrell Williams from the Chargers. Who is a six foot four, really speedy, kind of take the top off of you, wide receiver, very good hands, still young. I think it's a great second option for Antonio Brown. He'll take some pressure off of AB, and when AB's getting doubled, he'll be a great second option for Derek Carr. I'm really excited to see this offense. Not bought into John Gruden yet as a coach. I mean, I know he was good back in the day, but really, was he good? I don't know. I mean, he inherited a lot from Tony Dungy with the Bucks, so I don't know. I'm not bought into him yet as a coach, but as a GM, he's not looking terrible. Where he looked terrible six months ago, seven months ago for the whole Amari Cooper thing, he's not looking so crazy at this point. He pulled off a heist. So anyways, good for the Raiders. Raiders winner are winners. AB is a winner, and the Steelers are, how does our current president say it? He's a loser. Steelers are losers. So anyways, um... At least that's my opinion. We will see what happened. You know, I love to say that. I love to give my opinion, but I also know that I don't know anything. I don't know everything, so especially the future. So we will see what happens there. Next up on the agenda, Nick Foles signs with the Jaguars. The Jag the Jaguars gave Nick Foles a four year deal worth eighty eight million dollars, considering he was in well. Considering he was a Super Bowl MVP, they got a deal. They really did. But when you look at it, this happened before. Not, not the Super Bowl MVP part, but back in the day when Nick Foles stepped in for the Eagles, back in the back in the day, he 
went on this insane touchdown to interception ratio where he he had, he didn't throw a pick until like his 25th, 26th touchdown, something like that. And then he gets big money the next year as a starter, and he couldn't do squat. So I'm not saying Nick Foles is not good. I'm just saying I don't know if he's the guy. I think he's a great reliever, a great backup, possibly the best backup we've ever seen. But I don't know if he's a full season, I'm your starter, give me the entire season, and I will take you from here to there. I hope this works out for the Jags just for the fact that they have such a great, young, talented defense. And I would love to see that defense get rewarded. Uh, But they're going to have to surround Nick Foles with some weapons before they can expect him to do much. As of right now, they've only got Keelan Cole and Dede Westbrook really as kind of playmakers, I guess. They are playmakers. They're both, yeah, okay, I shouldn't say I guess. Keelan Cole had one of the craziest catches I've ever seen last year. And Dede Westbrook is a, he's very athletic and he can move. So they're good guys, but to me, they're both pieces and almost like secondary role pieces. Neither of them are a go-to guy, whereas I thought Dante uh, Moncrief could have been that eventually. He's still young as well. I think all three of them are 25, but they just lost Dante Moncrief. He's, He's gone. So they've got to get him a number one. If Keelan Cole and Dede Westbrook are your two and three, that's a pretty good group of guys. I mean, especially having Leonard Fournette already, and then you got TJ Yeldon as well. But I just don't like Keelan Cole and Dede Westbrook being your go-to targets. They've got to get something, whether it be in the draft or in free agency. I don't know how much is left in free agency, but yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly there's options out there. Now, if they could somehow get in this draft and get one of these big guys, specifically, I don't know if DK Metcalf is going to turn out in the NFL because, I mean, his combine was ridiculous, had good, decent numbers in college, but as far as it, just the eye test, he looked really good as a receiver. But if they could sneak up and kind of grab a guy like him who can be your big, he's still freaking fast, but kind of be your big target, and turn into a number one, I think that's a pretty good receiving core, especially with that offensive, I mean, with the running game. And I think Nick Foles can can play well in that situation. Right now, the way it is, I don't love the situation for Nick Foles as far as being successful as a starting quarterback because I think he's a fill-in quarterback. I think he's a... Now, okay, I just said it with Derek Carr. He needs pieces around him. So, of course, kind of quarterbacks need pieces around them unless they are a transcendent talent. I, I never thought Derek Carr is a transcendent talent. I think he's a very good talent. Same with Nick Foles. I think he's a very good quarterback, but I, he's not transcendent. He's above average, but you can't plug him in kind of like the Patriots have been doing for years where really Tom Brady hasn't had a bunch of big names around him except for maybe a couple years here and there, especially, of course, the Randy Moss year, um, Brandon Cook's year, even that, you know, he, I just think what the Patriots have done with Tom Brady, Tom Brady makes people better. I don't think that's Nick Foles. I don't think that's Derek Carr. I think you got to get some people around Nick Foles, and that, as, the way it lies right now, don't love the looks for, for Nick Foles. So I would say in this situation, I say the Jags did win. They, they poured out a lot of money. I think they poured out two. Eh, maybe not. I mean, four years, 
88 mil. That's 22 mil a year, which is honestly in today's in today's climate in the NFL is a bargain for an above average quarterback. So I guess they didn't they didn't overpay necessarily, but I'd say the Jags won. They upgraded over Blake Bortles. That's that's certain. I'd say Nick Foles obviously won. He got a huge payday. So both sides won there. So I, I kind of like it for both sides. Again, I don't think the Jags will win necessarily for production if they don't surround him with more. But he's definitely an upgrade over Bortles. He's not going to, like, I think it was the stats, like, Blake Bortles leads the league in turnovers since 2015. That's not going to be Nick Foles. So that, right, in, a, in, a, in and of itself is going to make them a better offense. So I think both sides win. Good for everybody. All right, we're going to jump over to the Redskins, who picked up Landon Collins on a six-year, $84 million contract. He got the loot. He was worth it a couple years ago. He was not worth it after what he put on tape this season. However, I do think we'll look back in a year, maybe two, and say, okay, he was worth it. Because I do believe he's very talented. He's a hard-hitting safety. He is good in coverage. He's fast. He's young. He's a leader. I mean, he was the soul of that defense. and They weren't a great defense, and they really didn't meet their expectations for having what they had. Janoris Jenkins, um, obviously him, Landon Collins, Olivier Vernon. I mean, they had these pieces to be very good, and they never really lived up to it. But I think he's. I think he'll. He's still young enough, and he's still got just so much talent. I think he'll be very good. And I think he will end up being worth this contract. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, I believe he wasn't even a top thirty safety this year. However, he he is a, in my eyes, he is a top safety, even though he didn't look it this year. He's he's really good. So I don't mind this deal either way it might be a little much to pay a safety but at the same time they're pretty important positions now specifically because of how important how productive tight ends are becoming you, you really have to have a tweener of a linebacker and a corner which would be technically your safety I mean it would really be a nickel I guess but but you, safeties are bigger uh, but they're still fast, and you really want to have a big, strong, fast safety that can cover these linebackers, or I'm sorry, cover these tight ends. So I like the pickup. I think he'll he'll make their defense better. He, like I said, he's a leader. So, well, I'm kind of jury's out on this one. I don't think I think it's a draw here. I don't know. Obviously, the Redskins got better at safety here, and obviously, Landon Collins got his payday. So there's a win for both sides, but as far as, well, so no, definitely, Landon Collins definitely won, so let's just put that out there. Landon Collins won, victory for him, lots of money. Moolah, win, kaching, dollar dollar bill, y'all, he wins. I don't, I'm just not going to say whether the Redskins won or lost, it's a draw there, because they unloaded money that could be worth it, but we, we're not sure yet. Because he's young, he hasn't put enough on tape in his career yet because he's so young to know, like, was that just an off season? Is he going to bounce back? We'll see. We have to see if he bounces back before we say the Redskins won or lost. So we're going to say draw for the Redskins, win for Landon Collins. 
that man rich. All right, Landon Collins' former team. We're going to jump over the Giants. This was probably beforehand going into this week, it was not the biggest story. People kind of knew OBJ was kind of being shopped, but it wasn't like AB where we knew AB was being shopped. We knew Le'Veon Bell, which we'll talk about soon, had a decision to make. We knew blah, blah. We knew Nick Foles. We knew Landon Collins. OBJ, we kind of knew he was on the block, but there was not really anything brewing. And all of a sudden, our worlds got shaken when him, OBJ, and his best friend, Jarvis Landry, my guy, I obviously he was a Dolphin at one time. He was my favorite player. Quite possibly that I, I saw a little of Dan Marino when I was a kid, but it was kind of towards the end of his career, and I was young. So I can't say Dan Marino was my favorite Dolphin to watch because I I barely remember it. And when, what I do remember, he was still good. He he was still above average and very good at the end of his career, but it wasn't the Dan Marino of the 80s and early 90s. So I have to say the my favorite Dolphin to watch in my memory is Jarvis Landry. He just he has no quit. So he's my guy. And of course, him and OBJ are so tight best friends, go back to LSU, both grew up in Louisiana, and they're reunited. The Browns got OBJ from the Giants for, well, well, let's put it this way, because there was two different trades to the Browns, but we're just going to put them together, because why not? So we'll just basically put it in perspective this way. The Browns gave Jabril Peppers, who's a, who seems to be a bright up-and-comer, hasn't really proven that he can be good I wouldn't say good. He's good because he, he's very athletic. very. But he hasn't proven he can be great or elite yet. He hasn't kind of came into his own. So they give Jabril Peppers. They give Kevin Zeitler, who is a, a fantastic offensive guard. But they just drafted a young, up-and-coming, very good guard last year. So they really don't lose out there. They just basically gave up an older guard to say, hey, we got a young one right behind you, ready to go. And then they gave up a first and a third round. So those four things, Jabril Peppers, Kevin Zeitler, first round and a third round for Olivier Vernon, who is a top pass rusher in this league, according to Pro Football Focus, top 10 edge rusher in this league, and Odell Beckham Jr. So let's break it down. You might say, oh, wow, four things, two starting players right now, and then a first rounder, which will probably be a starter right now, and then a third rounder who's kind of on the precipice, on the edge. Because typically first and second rounders have really good chances of starting. And a third is kind of on the edge. They're more than likely going to make the roster and very well could be a starter. So you, so worst case scenario for the Browns, they gave up four starters for Olivia Vernon and Odell Beckham Jr. Guess what? The Browns won. I, I don't care about that. The Browns won. Olivier Vernon across from Miles Garrett. Are you kidding me? Nightmares for quarterbacks. Nightmares for Big Ben. Nightmares for Lamar Jackson. Nightmares for whoever the heck is going to be the Bengals quarterback. If it is Andy Dalton, nightmares for Andy Dalton. Two Twice a year they got to play those two. I mean, are you kidding me? And we thought Olivier Vernon was pretty freaking good, one of, one of the top pass rushers in the league before he was playing across Miles Garrett, watch out. 
These two, I really believe, are going to have an explosive year, both of them. And on top of that, you pair OBJ with arguably the best slot receiver in football in, in Jarvis Landry, both of which, OBJ and Jarvis Landry, have broken records for first four years in the league as far as catches, as far as receptions go. I mean, these guys have, they don't drop, they don't drop the ball. Now, Jarvis is slightly slower, but a lot stronger in my opinion as far as running the football. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's a running back. He will run you over, he'll break tackles. OBJ gets the ball in his hands, good luck catching him. With a young Baker Mayfield who is not who just looked quite if I'm being quite honest, he looked fantastic last year as a rookie. Now, we went over a few weeks ago that that was he kind of had really bad weeks and also really good weeks. But I think he's going to be very good. He's so accurate. Now he's got these two guys to throw to, along with David Njoku, along with Nick Chubb in the backfield, along with, I hate mentioning it because I can't believe they signed this guy, but you have to think about it now. Kareem Hunt, if he is able to play, once he's able to play, he's out there as well. Are you? And then along with that, the receiver Higgins, along with the receiver Antonio Callaway, assuming they keep these guys. Higgins had a great year last year. Antonio Callaway looks like he's going to be a stud. He seems to be a troublemaker. Don't know if he can stay out of trouble, but he looks like he's going to be very good. I mean, just weapons on weapons on weapons on this offense. It's going to be ridiculous. Now, the the Giants, I they may have won here as well. Definitely got worse on defense. Because now they don't have Landon Collins, and they don't have an elite edge rusher. But they got Jabril Peppers, who hasn't proven yet. So still a good safety, but is he going to be elite? Is he going to be really good? We don't know. They got better on the offensive line, period. Kevin Zeitler will help that offensive line, which needs it, especially if they're going to pick a quarterback this year, a young quarterback. Because they... They're hoping to keep Eli Manning upright for at least a year to have that young quarterback learn behind him. So if that offensive line is rickety, Eli probably ain't going to last all season. And if Eli don't last all season, now you got your young quarterback getting hit all season. So offensive line got better. That's great for them. First round pick, that's nice. Nice to have. But the Browns pick is kind of a mediocre one, kind of finished middle of the pack. So what are they going to get? I mean, they could definitely go after another offensive lineman. That'd probably help a lot. So, you know, now they've got two, they've got a really high draft pick at number six, and then they've got one kind of middle of the pack. So that's going to be good for them. And then a third round pick, which is going to be a, a piece you want to work on. So I don't think the Giants got hoaxed or got, you know, kind of like, like the Steelers did. But they definitely, value for value, I think, the Browns won this trade. If you had to pick a winner and loser, I'd say Giants lose, Browns win. But because this is my show and I don't have to pick a winner and loser, I'm going to say Browns won by, as far as value goes, they got more value, in my opinion, even just out of two players. But I'm going to say the Giants the Giants were fine. They, they definitely, I don't think, got better on defense. But they could, depending on what they use that draft pick for. So... And again, I don't know if they'll get better on defense, losing Landon Collins and 
Olivia Vernon defense just got worse, but I think it's going to help their offense in the long run. So we'll leave it at that. All right, jump over to Le'Veon Bell. We've been waiting for days, weeks, whatever, for him to make a decision. He ends up signing a four-year deal with the Jets for $52.5 million. So in other words, he made no money last year, sat out just to hurt his value, essentially, because he ends up signing a deal with the Jets that is going to make him less money than he would have made with the Steelers had he signed their deal. So maybe he just really didn't want to be with the Steelers, and if that's the case, I guess, but why not sign the franchise tag? Why not sign, instead of just not playing altogether and not signing that big $70 million contract? Now, $70 million contract that the Steelers offered him was, it was different. Not all of it was guaranteed, but he would have made like 20 mil in the first season and then another like 13 in the second and then another 13 or 16 or something. The way it was structured, I read an article about it today. It was it was weird, but it basically through two years, he would have made like 33 mil, whereas with the Jets in two years, he's going to make 26. And then through his third year with the Steelers, it would have bumped up to like 45 or 46 in three years, whereas with the Jets, I think it's only going to be like, not only, it's a lot of money, but it'll be in the 30s somewhere. So he sat out and complains and got upset and left, like I said a few weeks ago, left a team with, I think, the perfect situation for him, with the perfect coach for him, to go to a team with no offensive line, a rookie quarterback, for less money, and then got paid zero all of last year. So I don't understand this. I don't get, I don't get it. But, I mean, we'll see what happens in this contract. There, It's $52.5 million with $25 million guaranteed. So even if he got cut, you know, at the end of the season, he's making $25 million no matter what. So that's nice. But like I said, it's less than what he was getting with the Steelers. So I think he's a little crazy. Like I've been saying, I don't think he should have ever left the Steelers. But, you know, so, so in my opinion... We're going to include the Steelers on this as far as wins and losses. I think the Steelers are winners because they get, in this situation, they got bamboozled by the A-B situation. In this situation, they're winners. They get rid of Lave Bell, who is is a phenomenal talent. He really is. But they have a great running back coming right behind him who pro football focus ranks really highly as a running back. He can run, he can catch. So now is he as good as Lev Bell? No. But he's also young. He could get better. We don't know what he's going to look like. And I'm not saying better than Lev Bell. Who knows? Maybe. But he could continue to get better as a as a running back. He's very good. So they've got, they're set at running back. They don't have to deal with Lev Bell and his off-the-field issues and then his locker room issue, blah, 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 all the money issues. So they win there. Obviously, Lev Bell, honestly, I, I'm going to say Lev Bell lost because he would have had more money if he would have taken the Steelers. At least, like I said, at least sign that franchise tag, play this year, collect your $14.5 million, and then go get this contract. Because now what happens, you, you play and you play well this year, guarantee this contract's more. Guaranteed. The reason it's less is because they're they're sitting there saying, we know you're great, but also you sat out, you caused some issues, you have some issues off the field in the past few years. Yeah, I mean, come out, 
make $14.5 million, sign the franchise tag, make that, that money, play well, stay out of trouble, that, that contract's more. And then the Jets, they upgrade at running back, so I guess they win, but is he going to be able to run behind that offensive line? Who knows? This could be a loss for the Jets because they could end up pouring all this money into him, and then if he's not as good as he is because of this offensive line, because of young quarterback, because this, that, and the other bad offense, could be a loss. So, for now, we'll say, yes, it's a win because they upgraded, but talk to me in a year. All right, Earl Thomas, amazing safety for many years with the Seahawks, has departed. Um, Pete Carroll let him walk, and he ends up signing with the Ravens, who desperately needed that. Now, this really makes the Eric Weddle release make more sense because you're thinking he's still a good safety why would you release him well they probably had suspicions that they were gonna that they were gonna sign Earl Thomas I'm sure they were already talking to him and they kind of had the the peace of mind that he was gonna sign so this makes sense Earl Thomas is an upgrade over Eric Weddle Eric Weddle's very good player has been for a long time and I think he's still very good player he'll get a job but this is Definitely an upgrade. Now, Thomas is going on 30, so he's getting older. Signed a four-year, $55 million deal. That's a lot of money for a safety, especially of his age. But he's worth it. He's very good. He's an upgrade. That defense is going to be, you know, they've lost some stuff from that, you know, top-ranked defense. But they're going to try to reload and keep it going, and they look good. And, And also the Ravens picked up Mark Ingram, Three years, $15 million deal, which I think is a steal. I think Mark Ingram's a little undervalued because he's been playing with the Saints with Alvin Kamara, who takes touches away. But I think Mark Ingram's actually really, I think he's actually a really good running back. The thing I don't get about getting Mark Ingram, now they got him for a deal, so it's fine. But I kind of thought the whole point of Lamar Jackson is like Lamar Jackson is, is half, if not more, of your running game. So you can kind of plug in whoever, like a really cheap running back, one to two, three million dollar a year guy. Why spend more on a guy on like a better running back? But you know, maybe they're really looking to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket as a pocket passer this year and, and not as a runner. And they want to upgrade a at, at running back. And and so I like it. I think this helps the offense. This helps Lamar Jackson. I like it. So I think the Ravens got better on both sides of the football, offense and defense. They did not overpay for Ingram. They got a deal. And Earl Thomas, you know, he was going to pull that kind of money. He's a very impressive player. So Ravens win. Earl Thomas wins. Mark Ingram kind of loses. Didn't really get much. I mean, $5 million a year is plenty. So what am I saying? All right, last but not least, we're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers, how they finally, since their Super Bowl win, are getting Aaron Rodgers some help specifically on defense because they've been kind of giving them help. They've got some good pieces on offense, not really. And eh, they've kind of found a running back. They've got a, they've got Aaron Jones who looks pretty good. But they finally got him some help on defense after years of him clearly needing it. So first they go and get Adrian Amos, safety from the Bears, player that helped that Bears defense look so great, good in coverage, good in coming up to help with the run support. 
I like this pick. Actually, Pro Football Focus. I know I've been talking about them a lot, but this is the time. This is the season that you really got to look at Pro Football Focus because they just do a great job of their analytics and rating these players. And, and it's free agent season, trade season, free agent season. So you gotta, I gotta use them. So Pro Football Focus ranks him the number eight safety in the league this year, higher last year. I think he was like number three last year. Uh, they also rated him the best for the price, basically the best free agent for the price. And because he four years for thirty seven million for a top ranked safety, I think that's great. And they needed help in that secondary. They also, I mean, they focus on the two areas they needed to. It's a passing league now, so they go get help in their secondary, and then they've got two edge defenders, two edge rushers, Preston Smith, who ranks top twenty as an edge defender on Pro Football Focus, and Zadarius Smith from the Ravens, who ranked. Top 35 on edge. So that might not sound very good, but there's a lot of players that play edge. I mean, like teams have usually depth there where you have, yeah, you have your starters, but then you have two, three, four guys behind them that are going to get a lot of reps that season. So to be, you know, both of them to be top 50, really, I mean, top 40, top 35, both of them, that's that's really good. Now, I believe they overpaid for both. For Preston Smith, they paid four for four years, 52 mil. And for Zadarius Smith, who obviously was a little bit lower right now, he's a really gifted athlete, just didn't really put the stats on paper. Uh, four years and $66 million for Zadarius Smith. Don't love that. think it's way overpaying. But it made the defense better. And really, at this point, I don't think they care to overpay simply because they're like, we got to win now. Aaron Rodgers is on his way out in the next three to five years. I don't think he's going to be a Drew Brees, Tom Brady type. He looks very brittle at this point. He's still fantastic, still one of the best Quarterback talents in the league, top three, maybe top five, and eh, top three. And so they they got to win now. They've got to load up on defense. They've got to keep guys around them on offense if they're going to win now. So I don't think they care that they overpaid a little bit. So we're going to go ahead and say, I think the Browns, or I'm sorry, the, the Packers had a big win this week. They got their deep, they clearly made their defense better. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be pretty pleased with this, especially with him being kind of, unsatisfied as of re- as of lately. So now, you know, he, he, I think this is going to help. I think the defense is going to be much better after this. They're going to be able to get after the quarterback. They're going to be able to cover a little bit on the back end. So I like it. I think the Packers won. Clearly, these two edge defenders won, as well as Adrian Amos, who maybe have got might have gotten underpaid a little bit, but still made money. You know, almost $10 mil a year. Wow, they paid him. No, he might have been. He might have lost that. I mean, it's still a lot of money. None of them are losers. They got plenty of money, but for what he does and as good of a player he is, less than ten mil a year. Packers did a really good job with that contract, so I think they won. All right, to end our NFL talks before we get into rapid randos, I got to talk about Teddy Bridgewater because it's just it's killing me. The dude, and I even tweeted out, he, he decided to stay with the Saints. I was like, how smart, first of all, because you get to continue to learn behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and Drew Brees. You get to learn underneath without having the pressure of starting. You get to learn underneath Sean Payton, one of the greatest offensive minds. What? And, and then you're still going to get paid, well, seven mil a year. To be a backup, okay, sign me up. (laughs) 
then you make your decision. Then you say, well, hold on. I'm, I'm going to go. I am going to go visit Miami. Let's, let's go visit Miami. So Teddy Bridgewater visited Miami. Now let's on the other end. Miami. Why? He had a fine season a few years ago. He hasn't. And he got hurt and wasn't able to play for a couple years. He played all 16 games in his Pro Bowl season before he got hurt. Okay, so the year before he got hurt. And he only had 3,200, so all 16 games, 3,200 yards, completion percentage 65 and a half, so that's not bad. That's that's good, but the elite ones, these elite players are throwing 67 plus, so still it's it's not elite. And he had 14 touchdowns to nine interceptions in 16 games. He was throwing less than a touchdown per game. Then on top of that, I get he hadn't played in, in two years, but the game he did play in this year, week 17, he didn't look good. Again, I'll give him that one. He's been out of the game for a while, hasn't hadn't started a regular season game in a long time, so we'll give him that one. But I just I don't understand the attraction here for the for the Dolphins. Unless you're trying to sign him to a really cheap contract for him to be a bridge quarterback, for you to bring uh, Teddy Bridgewater, bridge quarterback, okay, to bring him in and then maybe pick up one of these rook. I don't know about a rookie this year or next year, whatever it may be, and have them learn under Teddy. But like, if you're bringing him in to be the starter or the quarterback of the future, I don't get it because we don't have an offensive-minded head coach anymore. That's gone. We have a, def- a defensive-minded head coach. On top of that, he is, for all we know, he could be injury-prone at this point, especially because it appears that ACL injuries tend to be re- recurring sometimes. And on top of that, you look at his best season, his best work. Take take everything else out. Look at his best season so far in the NFL, which he only had two. But so his one full 16-game season, he would, everyone would say, he's a top 15 quarterback. He looks so good. 3,200 yards, 65 completion percentage, 14 touchdowns, and 9 picks. Huh? What? That that's, an, that's a starting quarterback? That's what you... With the Miami Dolphins, if he decides... And I don't think he's going to take the contract because they met yesterday. Well, let's say, don't know when you're going to listen to this. They met on Wednesday. And... He left without a deal. So, I don't think he's going to do it. However, let's say he does. Let's say he joins the Dolphins, signs a contract. Honestly, I believe Ryan Tannehill is Teddy Bridgewater's ceiling. A mediocre quarterback that will have moments where he looks above average, flashes that he looks above average, with the possibility of being injury-prone. That's what I think he is. That's his ceiling. I I don't see him being better than that with the Dolphins. If he stays in New Orleans under Drew Brees, Sean Payton, the weapons they have at that team that are all young, now they have to figure out how to pay them all, the Michael Thomases, the Alvin Kamaras, blah, blah, blah. they got to figure out how to pay them. But if they can keep that group together and he can have two, three years under Drew Brees and Sean Payton, I think his ceiling's a lot higher. Like, a lot higher. Like, top 10, 
maybe messing with top five quarterback in the league. Because I think he's got talent. I just don't think he's one of those tr- those transcendent talents that don't need the coaching, the mentorship, the pieces. I don't, he's not that. He's not an Andrew Luck. He's not a Carson Wentz. He's not a Pat Mahomes. And even Pat Mahomes kind of had that where he sat under Alex Smith, who's a fine quarterback in the NFL, and Andy Reid for a year. So, But he's not that. So I don't love Teddy Bridgewater for the Dolphins, and I don't love the Dolphins for Teddy Bridgewater. I'm sorry. And I know this might just sound like depressed Dolphin fan over here. I don't like him. He's got to stay with New Orleans. If he's smart, he will stay with New Orleans, take a 7 mil a year, learn under Drew Brees, two to three years, take over, and be great. And I think he can be great in New Orleans, not in Miami. All right, let's jump into that segment that a few weeks back I kept butchering the name. Yeah, that's the new name. I'm just kidding. Rapid Randos. This is the part of my show. This is the segment in my show where I will talk about sports or entertainment or video game. Doesn't matter. It could be anything. It's rapid. It's randos. I'm going to go to each segment. I'm sorry. I'm going to go to each topic. I'm going to try to be quick with it. Give you my take. Talk about it. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know what that was. Anyways, we'll start with topic number one of rapid randos, LeBron James and the Lakers. You knew I couldn't go the whole show without talking about LeBron James. I see a lot of articles, a lot of questions. Does this Lakers season tarnish his legacy? Do the last 10, 15, 20 games tarnish his legacy? Um, Because let's be honest, the year was a disaster. It was a train wreck. It's awful. It does not touch, dink, smudge his legacy I'm sorry because let's let's think about this it truly is 18 to 20 games if we said this season tarnished his legacy we'd be saying 18 to 20 games of him not being 100% tarnished his legacy because where were the Lakers before he got hurt oh my gosh middle of the pack in the playoff race they were fighting for a fifth fifth sixth maybe fourth seed he gets hurt out for a while comes back They're already almost out of the play. At that point, they might have been hanging on to the eighth seed. And let's be real, he has not looked the same. He has still been putting up ridiculous stats, but he's not looked the same. He's made mistakes. He looks tired. He he doesn't look conditioned. So we are truly talking about these 20-ish games since he's been back, 15, 20 games since he's been back from energy, or energy, injury, we're saying that would tarnish his legacy because that's what's caused this train wreck of a season. Because if he had stayed healthy all year, no doubt in my mind, he'd be a fourth, fifth, sixth seed. Don't he wouldn't have made the finals, but he'd be he'd be in the playoff picture. And we wouldn't be having this discussion. But because he got hurt and had he's had a bad run of games since being back, his legacy's tarnished. Give me a break. Get get out of here with that. Topic number two. Fresh Prince of Bel Air is really, really funny. And I watched it growing up every day. Every single day. Nick at night. And it was my favorite show growing up, period. I wanted to be Fresh Prince. I wanted to be Will Smith as the prince. And I haven't watched it in years. Now, my wife has not seen the show. And so over the past few months... 
It's obviously not on Netflix, Hulu, and we can't find it anywhere, but it is on, oh, what channel is it? Maybe MTV? Something like that. Somewhere VH1. I don't know. One of those channels. And we became adults about a year ago and actually got cable and DVR. So we literally have the whole series on record. So we literally have 80 to 90 episodes in our kind of DVR that we haven't watched. And we're just watching through them and they're all in order. So it's great. I think we kind of started it in the middle of season two. So she really still hasn't seen all of it, but she absolutely loves it. We watch maybe an episode or two a night. It is so funny. And and it's crazy that you can know stuff you can know stuff like that or shows like that. I don't want to sound grammatically incorrect. You can know something is funny and remember, oh yeah, that's funny, but not realize or remember how funny. Like it's so funny. But in the same breath, if it was a brand new show coming out today, like if no if there wasn't like an emotional connection that we all had to it, I think it'd be blown up in social media and maybe run off TV. Because He's a little misogynistic in the show. I mean, it's not. There's times where I'm like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like that," and my wife looks at me like, "Oh, I don't like that." So I mean, watch it. I recommend go back and watch it. It's funny, and I love it. It's so good. But in today's climate, I don't think it would have went over well as a new show. And I think everybody would still say, "You know, I love that show. It's a great show." But go back and watch it. It's it's a little touchy. Still, and so there's times I'm uncomfortable, but but. You know, for the most part, it is, it's, he is so, that was, that was, I think, his best work. All right, moving on. Topic number three, Zion Williamson is back. Watch out for Duke. And I think the committee that is in charge, as far as like AP polling, I think they knew because, because Duke has not looked good since he went down and they've only dropped to fifth. And I think they knew, like, Let's just kind of hold him here. Let's just hold him here, not drop him too much. Now, I think they were thinking if Zion doesn't come back, we're going we gonna to drop him. But they kind of kept him up in that top five, and now Zion's back. We get to see him tonight. Tonight will tell us a lot about his health. It will tell us a lot about what they may look like. In, and I don't think it's going to be exactly what they look like because he's going to have to get back in rhythm and have kind of chemistry with his team, get that chemistry back. So tonight could look a little awkward. I believe they're p- playing Syracuse in the ACC tournament. Could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. That's going to be a fun game. I, I can't wait to see how Zion looks, if he looks back to normal, or if he looks like, yeah, he will get back to normal before the big dance starts. They are still my landslide favorite to win March Madness. So keep an eye on that. That is going to be a really good game tonight. Check it out. All right, topic number four, Hamilton, the musical, is really, and I know, okay, let me back up. I am about four or five-ish years late on this. Go find a way to save up money and go to New York City and watch Hamilton Chances are it's not going to happen because tickets are like three, $400 still, and they will be for the next 20 years. So if that's the case, you're like me. You can't afford that. It is the, in, the entirety of that play or musical is on Spotify. I encourage you to listen to it. It is fantastic. It is a work of art. 
I have learned so much. And obviously, some of it's a little exaggerated. Some of it's a little off, but not too not too much. Like It's pretty spot on because it just encouraged me to study more of our nation's founding and our founding fathers. I've learned so much from that play, and the story is fantastic. If you don't know what Hamilton is, get out of the rock you're living under, Patrick Starr, because it is a hip-hop rendition musical of the life of Alexander Hamilton and the founding of our nation, essentially, and it is so good. I have literally been listening to it nonstop since the end of January, maybe middle of January, and... I, I can't stop. I it just it gets done and I restart it. It, it just and I know I get, I said I'm four years late on this. I know I should have listened to it a long time ago, but I never knew there was a way to. I didn't know it was on Spotify. My wife found it. She said you gotta listen to it. I love theater. I love musicals. Singing in the Rain was my favorite musicals. I love La La Land. Les Mis is good. Too sad for me to watch over again, but very good. I just like musicals. So. If you do as well, I encourage you, listen to it. If my brother's listening, if Easton's listening, which I know Easton will be listening to, hey, Easton, drive safely on your way to work or on your way back. They're going to be rolling their eyes because I really haven't been talking about much other than Hamilton or singing it the past. Okay, I'm going too long on this. Just just listen to it. Hamilton is so good. Give it a listen. Switch over to topic number five. Deshaun Jackson back in Philly. I think that's our favorite Deshaun, Jack- Deshaun Jackson is the one from back in the day in Philly. So we hopefully we'll get him back because he kind of got cranky when he left and like not as good. So he was still very good, still so fast, great deep threat, but he wasn't as good as he was with Philly back in the day. And then he also wasn't doing goofy things like dropping the ball before he's in the end. So, so I hope we get fun goofy, you know, Deshaun Jackson doing silly things, but also so bizarrely talented, which he still is. So I'm excited to see him back with Philly, especially with Carson Wentz slinging the rock. I think that'll be fun. Sweet for Deshaun Jackson. Sweet for us as fans. Can't wait to watch that. And last, this is something I think about often. When I say often, I like don't worry about me, I guess, because it's not like every day, but it's, it's probably a couple times a month. now, maybe like once a month. So 12 times a year. Do the math on that. Anyways, if you've ever seen Spy Kids, and I think I'm thinking of the first one. Pretty sure it's the first one. They Remember in that like little ship they were in? Or vessel or boat or like submarine. You, you get the, you know what I'm talking about. And they had like that microwave thing. Well, first of all, they had like that drawer that like pulled out and it had like all kinds of money in it. But then they had like the that machine, it was like a microwave and they got to like pick, shoot, I don't want to mess this up. I think they had to like pick like a packet out of a drawer and they put it in the microwave and then like pressed a button and like three seconds, four seconds go by and it's like a burger and fries meal, right? So like as a kid, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, five years, that'll be a thing. And five years went by and I was like 12 and I'm like, Okay, yeah, 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 a few more years. Yeah, five more years, that'll be a thing. Then I'm like 17, about to graduate high school. I'm like, okay, what the heck? What What in the literal heck? And excuse my language. 
but what the heck? So I'm like 17. I'm like, okay, soon. Then I'm 22. Now I'm 25. And it's still not here. What are our scientists doing? What are our what are our inventors of the world doing? We can like clone goats and stuff and like we can send things thousands and thousands and millions of miles away to take pictures. We can I don't know what else weird things can we do? We can do like eye surgery that gives you better eyesight. But 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 you're we don't have the capability of putting a little packet, like a little card or whatever it is that they do, into the microwave or whatever machine, and it gives me a burger and fries or a pizza or chicken wings or a steak. Like I still have to prepare my food. What are we? What is this? Golly. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, gosh, I'm so stupid. But then sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. But I'm also pretty freaking funny. I'm just kidding. For real, that would be so cool. I wish they would invent that instead of stupid stuff. Like all these app makers making apps that like they're just copying each other over and over. Like making these apps that like do the same thing for the most part. Or even, or whatever, or make apps that, like, do new things. Like, use your brain and invent this for us. Like, it'd be so much better. I don't know. I just, I just think back to that. I think I thought of it earlier when I was hungry, and now I'm not hungry, so I'm not, like, now I'm thinking, like, why am I so upset about this? But still, that'd be such a cool invention. (laughs) All right, that wraps up Rapid Randos. (laughs) So stupid. Oh, yeah, gotta love Rapid Randos. I think I said it right every time this time. That's, that's what's up. All right, we're going into our last little mini segment of the day. You thought I was going to forget, but I didn't. I almost did, and then I for, and then I remembered, and I added it right before I started recording. Luka Doncic, who I will talk about every episode if I can, and I can. Luka Doncic, after suffering a pretty bad loss to the Spurs, stayed after and practiced for an hour. Does he get better? I know we talked about last week he got broke. This week it's a positive. He's a freaking leader. Stays for an hour after to practice, after defeat. He could have went home, iced his body, got ready for practice the next day. No, he stayed right after the game and practiced for an hour. This kid is incredible. He's so good. He leads the Mavs in points per game, field goal percentage, assist point per game, as well as steals per game. There's talk of like, ooh, is Trey Young catching him? Is Trey Young going to be the rookie of the year? Can he catch him? No, he can't. No, he can't. Trey Young's really good, and I'm kind of catching the Trey Young fever, but not for rookie of the year. Luka's got it in the bag. Luka, he's just, he's the most complete. Oh my gosh, dude. He, he's so good. He plays at both ends of the court, he plays good defense, really good on offense. He's not selfish. He's a leader. He's got great vision. Good shooter. I, I, I love the kid. I, we, 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 I will talk about him as much as I can. I'm hoping another big story breaks about them or him. Maybe he gets traded to the Warriors. That'd be stupid. Yeah, no, I mean, that wouldn't make sense. But, ooh, maybe he'd go play with LeBron. That then, ooh, You guys would love me then, talking about LeBron and Luke at the same time every day. Oh, my gosh. All right, I'm done. 
Guys, thanks so much for listening. This was uh, a really fun episode. We will have another one next week, obviously. We have a new guest, our first new guest other than Eastie. Eastie Graham, Easton Gray, we love you. But we do have a new guest coming on next week. Can't wait for you guys to meet him. Um, We're going to talk about a lot. Hey, again, go hit up our Instagram, our Twitter, um, at take it, leave it, BH, at take it, leave it, BH. Any comments, questions, concerns, love, hate, ideas, topics, doesn't matter. Uh, give us something. If you, if you like something we say, let us know. If you don't like something we say, let us know. If you've got a topic you want us to touch on, let us know. Um, it is, as usual, just a blast to hang out with you guys. Thanks for making me part of your day. That's all I got. You can take it or leave it. See you next week. Peace.